Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like being a crash test dummy. Exhausting, painful, but exhilarating. Actually, no, it's, it's more exciting than that. I, I kind of, I don't give myself enough credit. <laughs> uh, so welcome to the show. Uh, today we're going to talk about recovering from abuse as an abuser. This was kind of a special request from a friend of mine, um, and I shouldn't say recovering, but it's, I haven't really thought of the title, but it's really about someone who has both been an abuser in a relationship and received uh, abuse, and trying to basically recover via personal development. Um, what does that look like? How can you go about it? Uh, stuff like that. So we're just going to kind of talk about it a little bit and hopefully offer you some guidance as to where you can go from here, because it's definitely not a one-trick uh, deal. So without further ado, let's do the thing and kick off the thing and press the button and the thing and the stuff and the th Drums, Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets, all that and much more. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca wherever you get your podcasts. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Okay, so today we're going to talk about growth as an abuser or former abuser. Um, and there's there's some kind of nuance here of like if you've been someone who has been susceptible to abuse too, this can this can work for you. But for the most part, I wanted to talk about this from the perspective of someone who has recognized that they've been an emotional abuser or domestic abuser, not in a physical sense, but in an emotional sense in relationships. And I'm more so specifically talking about romantic relationships. This can, in a lot of ways, apply to if you're recognizing that you're being abusive to your children or to your parents in any kind of way. But I want to speak specifically from the romantic relationship perspective because my uh, a good friend of mine messaged me after I posted the female-to-male abuse episode, and she asked me about how someone can start to recover as a former abuser, abuser, 
and someone who has at least acknowledged that they've elicited some sort of uh, abuse um, in the past. Is that the right word, elicit? That's that sounds wrong, but <laughs> either way, um, created an abuse uh, in their past and want to change, especially someone who is. Um, you're not currently in a relationship and that's, that's her case. She's not currently in a relationship, but she has a fear of wanting to get into a relationship because she doesn't want to fall into old patterns of being an abusive person or being abused by someone because she's also, um, fallen into that habit as well. So there, there are a couple main things to consider here. Um, the first one is thinking about your perspective of relationships, like, when you go into a relationship, what are you hoping for? What do you want from a relationship? Do you want a partnership? Do you have a healthy perspective on relationships as a whole? Like, do you understand that relationships are really a matter of three entities? That it is you as an individual, your partner as an individual, and then the relationship is a third party. So, when you're getting into a relationship, you should already be working on personal development and personal growth. I feel like whatever that looks like, but from my experience, people seem to fall into better relationships when they are improving themselves first and foremost and find someone else who is meeting them along the same personal development journey and then together you formulate this third party, which is the relationship as a whole. Molly and I are a really good example of that, whereas I've been going through personal development probably for the past four or five years now, um, very deliberately. I feel like I have been throughout my life, but I feel like the past four years or so have been uh, in a different way, because there are, there are a lot of mindset shifts that I've been dealing with a lot of my life that have started to adjust uh, really within the last four or five years. And for her, she's also been doing the same thing, similar timetable, maybe a little bit shorter, uh, where she has been going through a lot of personal growth and personal development as well, and really taking time to learn more about herself and who she is. And her and I came together through this same path of personal development we started talking, we met each other through podcasting, and we really started to connect over the personal development that we were both using, that we were both applying to our lives. So we were talking a lot about the relationships that we've had in our past, we were talking about what was going on in our life now, and we were talking a lot about what we really wanted out of a relationship. Because I think a lot of people go through life or go through the relationship cycle or dating, and they feel like what they actually want isn't possible. They feel like what they want in a relationship isn't achievable. Love and respect and caring and someone who is always there for them, someone who likes the same things, someone who's interesting, someone who's funny, someone who's attractive, who's sexy, who will take care of them and be there for them. Not take care of them in a dependent way, but to but be be there for them and, and appreciate them and protect them and want to show a semblance of valuing their life. And it was really through a lot of this personal development that I realized that I was worthy of that. And that's really one of the, the first key things is realizing that you're worthy of the love that you want. 
And that comes through that personal development, that comes through taking the time to learn about all of your flaws and all of who you are and, and start to grow them and, and become a better person. Think about your core values, what you want to be as a person, and how that relates to other people in your life. So if you're like if you're someone who is a, a a very devout religious person and those are the values that you want in your life, you're likely not going to find someone who is like going to the bar all the time and getting drunk and sloppy. That might not necessarily line up with your values. So once you start to learn more about who you are, you can start to look in the right places for the right people. And it just so happened that I found Molly through podcasting because it's something that I love and enjoy. And we can continue to appreciate each other because it's something we both still do. And it's something that uh, we just we just started to connect on all of the, the little things. Now, um, the, the most important thing to, to consider, and I, I feel like I say that with every point, the most important thing is everything. <laughs> uh, one of the, the key things is is, again, to reiterate the fact that our relationship is three separate entities. It's me, it's her, and it's our relationship. And that ultimately leads to this feeling that a lot of people have in relationships is, well, one of two things. One, control. Control becomes a thing that starts to become an issue in a relationship. You start to feel like because you're feeling insecure or you're feeling like you're not being loved enough, or you're not getting something from this person after a certain amount of time, that you feel like you need to keep control of them to keep them in your life. Because you're feeling insecure, you want them to live within this safe space that you feel you've established, but they're another person, and they're going to do the things that they want to do. So it's up to you to determine if those things that they are doing are still healthy for you in your relationship. Sometimes that means letting them go. Sometimes that means just voicing your opinion and working through it and talking about it. But trying to manufacture this sense of control and this sense of keeping them from being an individual, that is what leads a lot of relationships to problems. And that is where abuse starts to come in when someone starts to feel like they need to control the other person and keep them in line based on what they want a relationship to be because of their insecurities. So to kind of backpedal a little bit, because I was talking about what you want in a relationship, it really shouldn't come from a place of insecurity because other people, anyone in your life is not responsible for your emotions. Your partner is not responsible for making you feel good. They happen to make you feel good because they like you and they appreciate you. But it is not their job to make you feel good. It is not their job to make sure that you are happy, you are healthy, you are secure, etc. Any good partner will do that naturally. But if they are not doing that, that is part of a conversation you need to have. And it's not something that, that you need to complain or nag or yell or express emotionally because, again, they are not responsible for your emotions. So if your emotions are not being met or you're being triggered by one of their actions, one of the first things you need to consider is how, why is this affecting me? What emotion is happening as a result of this action? And how can I, me, the individual, make the adjustment to 
think about how that's affecting me based on my past, my present, my brain wiring, my personal development, any of those things. Because the other person, more than likely, is not deliberately doing it. They're not trying to make you feel insecure. And if you've, if you've determined that they are trying to, be in, to make you insecure, then you need to leave. And there is nothing wrong with part of this personal development and part of relationship growth, uh, including the completion of a relationship. So we see and hear a lot of talk about how you should try everything, you should do everything you can. But when it comes to abuse or control or someone who doesn't have a healthy perspective on a relationship, you are certainly allowed to complete that relationship and move on. There's nothing holding you back other than maybe an emotional tie or feeling some sense of social pressure, things like that. It's very important for us to continue to take stock in who we are and what we're doing so that we can make the best decisions for ourselves. So really, this all stems back to the idea of personal self-development. Because even in a relationship, it's still about you and who you are as a person. You individually. Because you are a part of this relationship. This relationship is not a new identity for you. The relationship is not something that you're going to replace yourself with. You're suddenly not... So if I were to get into a relationship, I would not be... You know, with with Molly and I, it's not Christian and Molly. It's Christian and there's Molly. <laughs> you know, it's not... My identity is not this relationship. My identity is me. Her identity is her. And together we form a third identity. And I want to make sure that that point is driven home. Because again, I feel like a lot of people want to put the responsibility of their emotions on other people, on their partner particularly, and that starts to create the control problems because that creates insecure problems, that makes the other person, that you're making the other person responsible for one half of the relationship in, in a way that is, that is unhealthy and unfair. You're bringing two holes to this thing and creating a third entity. So when it comes to abuse, and especially if you've been, a, been an abuser in the past and someone who is acknowledging your behaviors, one of the first things that you can do is, is be self-aware in everything that you do. Take stock in your emotions before you act them out. Take a second to breathe. And if you're the type of person that has put your emotional, projected your emotional state on another person, or assumed that the other person is responsible for your emotions, you need to start to claim that responsibility again. And it's going to be uncomfortable. That's the most, most difficult part. It's going to be very hard to take personal responsibility because you're the only person in your life that is going to spend 100% of your time with you. So you need to take that extra, that extra time to think about where it is that you're going, what these emotions mean to you, and, 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 and continue to take stock in it. I had a clearer thought and I lost it. But <laughs> that's, that's the general idea, is that you 
need to claim 100% responsibility for everything that you do. Your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. And I'm not saying feel guilty or feel bad about it or feel like a terrible person. But I mean, okay, what is this? Just acknowledge it. You know, that is all you need to do. You need to acknowledge it. You don't need to tie other emotions to it. You don't, you don't need to pile negative emotions on top of what's already going on. You just need to acknowledge that this is what's going on. This is how I feel. This is what I want. Or this is what this situation makes me feel like or makes me want to do. Then take a moment and take stock in that. And realize what it is you're trying to do as a result of those emotions. Especially when it comes to trying to control a partner or uh, trying to control the relationship, essentially. So I'm trying to think if there's any other really key, intense aspects to consider. Um, you know, there are, there are plenty of ways to do self-improvement and self-development. You know, you can go see a therapist. You can go to, even if you're not dealing with mental health issues, talk to a therapist about it. Um, there are plenty of relationship coaches out there, plenty of people who can talk about healthy relationships uh, and, and get a perspective on what healthy relationships are. I would avoid a lot of pop culture's versions of relationships or avoid using that as a muse for what a relationship should be because I find that many of them are very unhealthy. Molly and I tend to watch like shows on HGTV and stuff, and you watch a lot of the couples on like the the home buying shows, and you're like, oh, there's a lot of underlying stuff there. It's really interesting. Um, so I would, I would, I would talk to people, talk to real people, talk to people who have. Uh, uh, successful relationships, people who are not just quote-unquote pushing through, I think those are the wrong reasons to continue to have a relationship. You should not sell yourself short. You should absolutely shoot for the kind of relationship you want. Take the time that you need, and don't let the pressure of wanting to be with someone you know, make you settle for something you don't want. One of the things that Molly and I did when we first started talking was we really, really asked each other a ton of questions. We we vetted each other intensely. <laughs> I mean, our our situation was very high stakes, um, so we needed to make sure that this was like something that was something, and that we weren't just doing some frivolous, childish thing, and just you know being excited about the beginning of something, but that we wanted to learn everything that we could about each other. We asked a lot of, honestly, very probing questions. We talked about religion. We talked about um, nerdy stuff. We talked about relationships. We talked about our past. We talked about what was going on now. We talked about every little thing, and we were open about that, and that, that made that comfortable for us, and we still talk about every little thing that I can think of. Uh, so and it really helps me to come up with ideas for this podcast. Like a lot of these things that I talk about are the result of her and I building a relationship and talking about stuff at the table in the morning. And I'm like, oh, that this would be a really great thing to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> so, but um, I want to thank my friend Kel Kelly for giving me the uh, uh, the idea for doing this episode. I would love to hear 
what kinds of issues you've had in the past as being an abuser. Um, if you have any kinds of uh, advice for anyone, uh, advice for being in a healthy relationship, advice for improving yourself as someone who used to be an abuser. Um, to kind of reiterate, you know, one of the things that you can really do as a former abuser is just being aware of your own behaviors and then maybe doing a little bit of research as to what the common types of abuse are. And again, it's not about feeling guilty or trying to be less of who you are, but making sure that you're noticing based on like articles that you've read, because there's a ton of articles out there about abusive relationships, but a lot of, many of us are kind of missing the boat on that. Uh, So take the time. There's like an article, just look up like 61 signs of emotional abuse or something. I think it is. And read a bunch of them, read all of them, honestly, and just keep them in your head or keep them on cards, you know, check them at the end of the day or something, you know, and, and see, are any of these things that I'm doing or have done? And then try to think about the overarching reasons for why you would want to abuse someone. Are you feeling insecure? Is there something you're missing? Are they not satiating something that you want in a relationship? Uh, are they not help being helpful enough? Is it something that you could communicate clearly? And if you're not being able to, if you're not able to get to them, maybe you need to take greater stock in the relationship instead of trying to control them. You know, maybe you have a fear of leaving and you don't know what to do. So you're trying to control the relationship to keep it steady, stuff like that. So there, there's a lot there, but one of the biggest things is absolutely look up that bit of uh, research about abuse, look for the signs, and then take stock in every kind of behavior that you do and see if this is something, especially in relation to your partner, and see if it's something that that is that is resonating. One way that can kind of mitigate any semblance of abuse is to create a safe space between you and your partner and being able to speak about Every little thing, you know, get to something before it becomes an argument. If you have a disagreement, talk about it. Like last night, Molly and I were watching uh, The Handmaid's Tale, which is crazy. And (laughs) uh, I had a comment about it because I thought like some of the music was a little bit loud or the the music choice rather was um, towards the end of each episode is a little bit jarring and strange. And I understand the effectiveness of it. And this is not about that. But for the most part, I was just kind of explaining my thought process there. And, you know, she's more of an emotional person and she just kind of needs, it's a very heavily, heavy emotional show. And then she needed to work through some stuff. And I understand that, but I also like to talk about stuff, you know, from like a, a, a design or creator or producer perspective. And I felt like I just wanted to share that with her. And uh, I felt like, you know, one thing that she said kind of shut me down Um And instead of just kind of like quietly taking it or holding resentment or whatever, I decided to let her know that like, I I understand you need a moment, but I also feel like I can't say what I want to say. So we just, we just kind of had this back and forth real quick and we're both very forgiving and understanding of each other. Um, And, you know, we don't wait until the next day or next month or next week to talk about something like that, we handle it right away and we're real in the moment and we're not 
it's not emotionally charged in an intense way. And uh, another thing, <laughs> as I continue to think of things, as I keep trying to wrap this up, is using I statements instead of you statements. So saying that I feel this because you did something, as opposed to, why are you such a jerk? You're such an asshole. You don't listen to me. You didn't clean this. You didn't do that. You, you, you. That is projecting responsibility onto the other person. Instead of saying, I feel stupid because you said this. And it made me feel like you were above me. Or I feel like I can't say what I wanted to say. Or, you know, I feel ignored or something like that. You know, start with, start with how you feel and it, it, it kind of creates that sense of empathy. You know what I mean? It like unlocks that door to empathy for your partner or the other person to be able to really listen to you instead of immediately feeling attacked. And that way they can listen to what you want and they can make that adjustment. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. So I think I think that feels good. I think that's that that is now everything. <laughs> so hopefully you stuck around till the end so you can pick up on a couple of other things. But if you feel like you learned something, please let me know. You can call in on Anchor or hit me up at Rival My Design on all of my social channels. And if you have any questions, leave one in the comments wherever it is that you're listening to or watching this. And uh, that's it. Hopefully you can learn a little bit about being recovering from being an abuser or avoiding you know getting into a uh, a romantic relationship that will lead to further abuse and kind of break the pattern a little bit so so that's everything um we still have the podcast course up so cnote.thinkific.com you want to check out the podcast course and um i don't know i got other things i'm working on so right now it's mostly just about dopamine so reviews will be very helpful if you want to leave a review on itunes And uh, if you have any questions or requests for topics, I'll absolutely take that as well. So I hope you guys have a good one. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll talk to you next time. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also, while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. Baby, I'm a fiend, I'm a fiend. Oh, you know you got me going off your dopamine. All I really need, all I need is for you to put me on to the recipe. Yeah. purple flowers, candy showers. It's a matin, you got me going off your dopamine. Yeah, it's a matin, you got me going off your dopamine.